Hello everyone. Welcome to the Cyber Trooper. I am Durga Shrikri and I am a cybersecurity professional. In this episode, we will talk to Zach who helps clients build pragmatic data security programs that increase resiliency with less friction. He's an advisory practice leader in data security and cloud security. He also worked as a vice CISO support for higher education institutes. We will understand from his experience how one can navigate to cybersecurity from other fields of work. In this episode, we will hear from him all about data security and cloud security, the role of a consultant, understanding project management and business development with the help of cybersecurity, and what it takes to be a leader in cybersecurity. We will also hear from him about the difference in cybersecurity approaches in medium and large scale industries, the importance of cybersecurity certifications, and some advice from Zach for aspirants who plan to join the field. Hi, Zach. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, Cyber Trooper. Hi, Durga. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So um, let's get started. I know that you've uh, worked in cybersecurity industry for a while and have worn many hats. Can you briefly walk us through your journey and how did you join cybersecurity and also help us with understand uh, what it takes to be a cybersecurity professional? Right. Uh, yes, happy to. Um, I've been kind of on this cybersecurity journey for about 10 years now. Um, it started when I, when I was in college, I, it, it's kind of interesting that I'm here. Um, when I was in college, I was studying finance. And so I was mm -hmm. looking for a job in banking or uh, mm -hmm. corporate finance investment, something like that. Mm -hmm. But then I had a, an IT minor and, mm -hmm. um, it, and that exposed me to tech, technology and then a little bit of security as well. And I thought it was so interesting that I kind of dropped everything that I had built in finance, all those internships. And I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try this IT thing. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate to be able to get a job at EY Ernst mm -hmm. & Young doing essentially IT audit work. So it was client facing work in support of the financial auditors. So which that's a lot of what they do and all the financial auditors, the accountants, they are supported by IT auditors who make sure mm -hmm. that the systems that process all of this financial data are secure. So that's how I started. Um, I thought that was neat. And that's where I really blossomed into wanting to become a broader security professional. So from there, I moved to a, a health insurance company, Cigna, and they were doing IT audit there, but it was very security focused. So I went into that and that gave me, it was neat. I think a lot of people, their career path is they start very technical on a small subset of things within security, and then they grow broader and they begin to appreciate how security looks more broadly. For me, it was kind of backward because I started in that IT audit role and you're doing IT audits of very large programs. Right. Um, so we would do an audit on patch management, an audit mm -hmm. on incident response, an audit on um, infrastructure security. So that was really neat. And they gave me to plan my own audits and, and they right. gave me a lot of trust, which was fantastic. And then from there, I moved to another role, which was um, the, the CISO at a small state university in Tennessee. Okay. Um, and so that was extremely exciting for me. 
Um, it was it was a, a very small shop. I only had a, a couple of folks working for me. Um, but getting to kind of control the direction of a security organization. And then uh, from there, I took the job at Deloitte. And that's when I really got started in data security, which we'll talk about, of course, in a moment. Um, whereas basically data security engineering manager, where we were rolling out different sorts of tools around encryption and around making sure data loss doesn't happen. And of course, Durga, that is where, where we met and, and worked together. And then most recently, I moved from there to the next step in my career. I thought it would be neat to go consulting again. So when I re most recently took a job at Kodelsky Security, and now I'm a consultant again, and I lead the data security and cloud practices. So that's that's where I am now, and I'm really enjoying being on the, the client-facing side of things. It's a great question on um, what does it take to be a cybersecurity professional? Mm -hmm. And um, I think there's been a big evolution over the past five to 10 years on what people think it takes. 10 years ago, you ask a security person what it takes, and they outlined this long path of, well, you need to start a help desk, and then you can become a network engineer, and then you can become a systems engineer, and then maybe after 10 years of doing that, then you can graduate to becoming a security professional. Exactly. Um, but as... as the industry has matured. I think mm -hmm. we've realized that not everyone needs to come from that path. And, and really, we don't want everyone to come from that path. So exactly. from a skill set perspective, I, I'm not too dogmatic about what it takes to be mm -hmm. a good security professional. There's some basics that you should probably know around networking. So understanding private versus public IP addresses, understanding, mm -hmm. uh, you know, network address translation maybe a little bit around identity and access management, what federated authentication is, what MFA is. Th those basics come up for everyone, but in terms of deep technical skill set, not so much, not, not necessarily required. I think what two things that are required, mm -hmm. one is persistence. Um, it's it's mm -hmm. not always, it, there, there aren't necessarily tons of just entry-level cybersecurity mm -hmm. jobs. They are there but you have to be a bit persistent to find them. But everyone I know who's persistent, they've been able to find them. And I guess the second piece is willingness to learn because the technology is always changing. When I when I first got into cybersecurity, we were talking about firewalls. We were talking about antivirus, mm -hmm. um, SIM, like some sort of brain where you bring all these logs together and look for collation and analytics. That was just coming about. People were just starting to talk about some. Now we're talking about extended detection and response. We're talking about mm -hmm. AI. The, the, the technology that people are talking about has completely changed like four times just mm -hmm. in my 10 years in security. And right. so if you're not willing to learn, pick a pick a different career, right? But but persistence, mm -hmm. willingness to learn, that'll take you really far in cybersecurity. That is amazing. That, to be frank, you've covered uh point that is someone has to truly understand right for any career and especially in cybersecurity as well is is the willingness to learn even if you come from any other background it's great to have different perspectives because uh, mm -hmm. this is a space where we are trying to understand the anomalies so you know even if you have the right set of background uh, in cybersecurity like you know everything you've studied or you've majored in cybersecurity yep. you may or may not have the skill or talent to detect anomalies. Rather, even if you come from a different uh, space altogether, you might have that. Uh, but as you said, the willingness to learn, 
it becomes important in that case, right? So yes. that, that that totally makes sense. So yes. uh, as a data and cloud security practice leader, right? Um, what does your typical day look like? Mm -hmm. Um, I'll start by saying that uh, we'll start by talking a little bit about what a consultant does in in security. So. Uh, Consultant in security, we are, there's different types, but I'm very focused on pure services, not so much on the product side. So I'll come in and have a conversation with a company, could be large or small, could be publicly owned, um, it could be a, a state and local government, whatever they might be. And I want to understand what their challenges are broadly. Mm -hmm. um, what what are your key initiatives this year? Is it around um, managing your identities? Are you trying to implement right. some certain type of technology? Uh, are there certain threat actors that you're trying to react to? And from there, help pull together a scope for an engagement where I could help them and, and, and really uh, deliver some value for them enough mm -hmm. to where they'd want to pay me for it. Right. So that, that's what it comes down to with being a consultant in cybersecurity. Now, within now, um, my organization, we're, we're large enough that we have consultants that specialize in each vertical of security. So I'm specifically mm -hmm. on the, the data and the cloud security side. Mm -hmm. So data, we're talking about making sure data isn't leaving the organization, making sure um, that we're following data privacy laws, minimizing the amount of data we have. And then cloud mm -hmm. security is securing systems and data in your cloud providers, right? Um, but a, a few of the, the key pieces that I work on from a day-to-day -day basis, I kind of break it into three silos. Mm -hmm. One is actually delivering projects. So I oversee projects and make sure that they're, whatever it might be, implementing some sort of new software for the customer, doing a, a strategy assessment for them. I make sure those get delivered on time and on budget. Um, the second piece is managing my team. So I have people who work for me. I need to make sure that they're having a good experience. They're growing in the ways that they should. They're delivering work as they should. And then the third piece is business development and sales. Because we, we uh, when you're a consultant, and especially when you reach the leadership levels in consulting, you're expected to actually go and have client conversations, create marketing material, bring in business, scope and sell work. Um, and, and so that's, that's a, a large part of what I do as well. So from a, you know, every hour, my work is kind of changing. One moment I might be hopping on the phone with a customer and selling them on why they should engage me to help them solve one of their problems. The next I'm sitting with the customer and trying to figure out why is this Microsoft security solution not working the way that it should on their machine? Because it's, it's messing up our deployment. We're supposed to get this thing done in five weeks. Um, and, and so it, it changes constantly between those soft skills and then very technical skills. And I, I find that pretty exciting. I enjoy that. Uh, that is amazing to know, Zach. And again, uh, as you said, right, like um, being a leader, you get to uh, wear many hats. You kind of test your soft skills, but at the same time, people skills at the same time, technical skills. So I think that's the beauty of the job of leaders, of practice leaders that uh, are in cybersecurity, right? So, and and I'll, I'll add to that. It's a very mm -hmm. good point. And something I know that I felt when I was in school, and maybe if anyone is listening who's an undergrad right now, hasn't had work experience before, you might think this as well, um, mm -hmm. that the key to success in your career is picking something that is as technical as possible. So when I was in college studying finance, I thought I want to be 
quantitative finance. I want to mm -hmm. be everything as technical and mathematical as possible. The sort of jobs that had more of a sales or business development angle, right. I didn't like those because I didn't like the you know the the stereotype of the grease back hair used car salesman. I thought that's what it would be like. Who wants to do mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you get into the working world and and you pretty quickly discover that it whether you're consulting or you're internal if you mm -hmm. want to move up into leadership part mm -hmm. of your job is going to become sales so if, if you're working in a company let's say let's say you're a director of information security mm -hmm. um every year you're going to have to go in and advocate for budget mm -hmm. you're you're whoever you report to isn't just going to give you money because they right. like you they're going to say what are you going to do with this money so you have to sell to them and sell to the business mm -hmm. why security matters and so if you want to become a leader in security, eventually you're going to have to get into business development, sales, mm -hmm. um, even if it doesn't have dollars being exchanged uh, mm -hmm. directly. And I actually think that's a very exciting thing. Uh, that's mm -hmm. one of the best. I didn't expect it, but now mm -hmm. it's one of the best parts of my jobs because you're working with people to understand their problems and show them how you can help solve it for them. And when you deliver those solutions, it's right. extremely satisfying. So if you're if you're the type of person who's in security and mm -hmm. you're you're service oriented, you like working with people, I, I think you'll find that to be one of the best parts about the job. Of course, right? So uh, when it comes to any particular job, you need to always say why you because of the kind of competition you have out there, it becomes a um like it becomes a job in itself for you mm -hmm. to uh, kind of see why you are the person to it but that, that makes sense and it is totally helpful because uh it, your soft skills and your people pers people skills also play an important role in excelling absolutely. in your job and moving ahead right so absolutely totally makes sense. so right. uh what skills do you think are needed for anyone who aspires to be in data or cloud security profession right um and and there's there's a lot of ways you can go in that track, um, but I'd say broadly some technologies that you'd, you'd want to be familiar with on the data side would be mm -hmm. encryption. How does encryption work? And that kind of goes more broadly as you advance in your career in cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. That's one of those things that comes up commonly, right. understanding um, you know, asymmetric versus symmetric and mm -hmm. um, you know, what is a public key doing? What's a private key doing? What's the difference between hashing and encryption? Um, that's that's going to be an important piece. And then also a, an understanding of technology that people are using to prevent data loss and data leak, mm -hmm. um, whether it be your enterprise DLP solutions, mm -hmm. CASB, some other sort of insider risk management platform. That's going mm -hmm. to be very important in data. And then, of course, under having some understanding of why would people even care about yeah. data protection, um, mm -hmm. data privacy is becoming an increasingly important issue, especially if you have different states that are passing on the state level data mm -hmm. privacy regulations. Mm -hmm. um, understanding the impact that uh, data law, data leak caused by insiders, by your own people can have on the business and being able to articulate that, all that's mm -hmm. going to be important. Mm -hmm. and, and then cloud security, um, you know, I, I'd say for that, uh, a lot of it's going to come down again to understanding why are people even moving to the cloud? What are the benefits of moving to the cloud? And then from there, thinking about what are some risks and threats that would 
impugn on those benefits that would take away from the reason that people are moving to the cloud in the first place, because that's really what we're trying to do in security. We're trying to make business investment resilient and make sure that it returns the investment that they were hoping for by, by putting those protections in place. Um, but, but cloud security, it's, you know, it's a funny thing. It's becoming so broad now that I almost don't consider it like within security, identity and access management is a vertical. Um, vulnerability management is a vertical. But cloud is becoming so ubiquitous. Everyone is using it. It's almost not even a vertical anymore. It's its own environment. Like on-premises is an environment. You wouldn't, no one would ever say, I'm an on-premises security professional. I'm a data, I'm a, I'm a data center security professional, right? Mm-hmm. It's becoming that, it's starting to become that way with cloud right. as well, where right. e- everything happens in cloud. So mm-hmm. there's no one who understands everything within cloud security. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing. And luckily a lot of the cloud providers out there, AWS, uh, cloud, uh, Google Cloud, they have a lot of free training out there so you can dive into what you find interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that totally adds up uh, to what you said, Isaac, for sure. So, um, like, I'm interested to know, like, you have worked in both medium and large-scale industries, right? So is there a different, like, is there a change in cybersecurity requirements or the strategies that are placed in uh, either of the companies? I do know that, Again, it depends on the type of business and what kind of organization. Um, it's on set of rules and regulations, right? But other than that, do you see on a general basis, do you see any different kind of requirements that you uh, for cybersecurity? It's a really good question. And um, like, like you mentioned correctly, obviously it varies by company, but generally, absolutely, there are, there are differences. Um, I would say that uh, the, the first one is the type of team that you're going to have and the type mm-hmm. of skills that are expected. Smaller, mm-hmm. medium-sized companies, mm-hmm. uh, they don't have the amount of, they don't, they simply can't afford to have 10, 20, 30, 150 security professionals. Nice. So you go and you work for a smaller company and you're going to be expected to be more of a generalist. One nice. day you might be working on you know, data loss, data leak protection. The next day, you're going to be working on helping configuring firewall rules. Mm-hmm. The next day, you're going to be monitoring. Um, you're going to be looking at the SIM and monitoring for suspicious logs and responding to them. Mm-hmm. You have to be very broad. And so it's a great, when I worked at smaller organizations, fantastic learning experience to get to work Hi. with a lot of stuff. And there's generally less bureaucracy as well. So you mm-hmm. can, sometimes you can move a little faster. Mm-hmm. Larger organizations, especially when you start talking about, let's say, $5 billion of revenue and more, mm-hmm. you're encountering really large security teams where you're specializing. So there will oh. be a team just for identity access management, another team mm-hmm. that just does threat hunting. That's all they do. Mm-hmm. And so it's neat in a way that you get to specialize, but mm-hmm. it can also feel a little limiting where you you to, to roll out a new, this isn't the case with every large organization, but right. with many you have to go and meet with a committee who mm-hmm. approves you so you can go and meet with another committee so that you can yeah. meet with the real committee and yeah. push something out. Yeah, um, and so it, it gets a little crazy, but I guess the good part of working for that, uh-huh. that large organization is that you have a lot of opportunities to move around teams, to move up mm-hmm. uh, vertically versus nice. a lot of medium-sized companies. You'll find people who kind of get stuck 
in a position for a long time just because there's no room for them to move up. Nice. Uh, so what I would recommend for people is try both. Try to work in nice. both. Um, sure. they're, they're both really good experiences to have on your resume. Exactly. And uh, do, do you think any certifications help in the process of, um, you know, aspire, like when you're trying to aspire to be a cybersecurity profession to acquire all the skills that we talked about? Uh, do you yes. think certifications play a role there? This is this topic has become very controversial in the past, let's yeah. say, five years, <laughs> because twenty years ago, the ticket to a good security career was getting your CISSP. Right. And now everyone, like lots, not everyone, lots of people have gone and gotten their CISSP, and right. so the value of the certification has gone down. Right. Um, and and that's being applied to certifications broadly. Uh -huh. My take on it is that they aren't essential, but they are extremely important for two reasons. One, um, no matter how much the value of some of these certifications have gone down, they still do mean something. And and when you see them on someone's resume, me as a hiring manager, it does mean they've put in some work. And then number two, um, it does force you to learn something. And so exactly. I'm going through, I'm getting some Microsoft certifications right now, Microsoft mm -hmm. security certifications. Mm -hmm. I'm learning a lot going through the process. Some of it I already knew, but I am mm -hmm. learning a good bit. So you, mm -hmm. you do personally benefit outside of the resume. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I'd say I wouldn't recommend for anyone one specific certification that you have to get, but you know, if you, Pick, figure out what you're interested in and go get some certifications in that. If you like AWS, get some certifications there. there a lot of them are really low cost. It's a great yeah. place to start. Of course, of course. And uh, most importantly, as you said, it keeps your learning curve. You have made a great point. I said it shows the efforts you put in learning. Uh, mm -hmm. And there are... Uh, certain uh, certifications that also provide you with associate preparations, even if you're trying a CISSP, but you feel like you don't have enough experience now. You do have the associates, which still uh, help the managers or recruiting team understand that you've put in the efforts and you have gotten the share of the certification, right? So Exactly. Yes, yeah. it, it definitely means something. Exactly. Totally. So uh, just to conclude, uh, what I wanted to ask you is what advice would you give to someone who is aspiring to enter into cybersecurity? Yeah, I, I'd say uh, two things. One is carve out, doesn't have to be that long, 30 minutes to an hour every day and just go and study something that you're interested in in security. And don't let anyone tell you what you have to learn. Um, some people say, well, these days you have to learn coding or you have to go and get you know, a CCNA so that you understand networking, mm -hmm. baloney. All that's useful, that's fine, but mm -hmm. just treat yourself to what you're interested in. If it's DevSecOps, go and learn about that a little bit. And it doesn't have nice. to be a ton of time and don't beat yourself up over too, too much over how much you're remembering. Mm -hmm. Make it enjoyable and keep doing it. And through that process, you're going to learn more. That's what I did every morning when I was first getting into security, I would get up early every morning before work and I would just do that sort of, I'd play around with things. Okay. And I learned a lot from that. And the second piece, um, this is true, especially for very early career professionals in college, uh, people in college. Um, it, people in security would love to talk to you. 
And so just reach it, find people on LinkedIn who are doing things that you would want to do and reach right. out. You'll be surprised at how many are yeah. excited that some motivated yeah. young college or young or old, if you're a, if you're a non-traditional student, that's fine too, but just someone in college yeah. or early in their career is reaching out to them, just wants to hear about their story. They love that. And, and I wish I would have done that in college. I can't believe I didn't. And you know what? Every once in a while, you'll reach out to people and they'll just blow you off and not respond. Whatever, you know, send them to the wind. Don't worry about that. It's nothing personal. Um, but reach out to folks and, and you'll get a lot of uh, good wisdom from them. And who knows, every once in a while, they might even uh, have someone who you can interview with that lines up a job. Don't go in asking that though. Don't don't reach out just looking for a job. Exactly. Reach out for a genuine conversation and you never know where it will lead. Exactly. And um, you've made a great point that you learn something new on a daily basis. It can be random. As you said, it may not uh, look like it's going to add up to your work immediately, but you're going to gain a overall knowledge about the domain, right? And uh, persistence is another key that you've mentioned. Like, make sure that you are networking. Networking does help a lot. And you get to share the experiences. You will understand what are the do's and don'ts. Uh, what worked a while back and what does not work right now and uh, how can you carve your future right so uh, amazing suggestions and advices Zach again thank you so much this has been great uh, it's been great catching up with you and uh, on such great topics right and uh, thanks again for all your time well thanks for having me on a lot of fun thank you <laughs>